Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. As somebody who's been through this, I can tell you these features are so, so incredibly valuable. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools, and their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. The area you live in is just as important as the house itself. You can get to know a neighborhood without ever setting foot in it. Say you're a really active person. You could find out about the nearest parks. Do they have a baseball field? Maybe you want to join a softball league like Chris and I play in. Also, Homes.com collaboration tools makes it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com, we've done your homework. Welcome in to Fantasy Baseball today on April 14th. Frank Sample joined by the Welsh. That's right. Mm. He is back again. Scotty having some internet issues, some uh, bad weather, it sounds like, down in South Florida. So everyone stay safe. We're happy to have the Welsh back on. Today on the show, we're going to recap all of Thursday's action. Not too much going on. We got we had seven games on the slate. Week four sleepers, two-star pitchers. Jeffrey Springs, uh, just take my heart out. Rip it out, tear it in half, throw it in the garbage. Jeffrey Springs is hurt. Uh, Vaughn Grissom looks like he could be back with the Atlanta Braves coming Friday. We'll talk about all that. Make sure to like this video and subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. And if you're listening on the audio side, download, follow, and leave a five-star rating. Before we get started, amazing announcement. FBT, we did it, baby. We won the Best Baseball Podcast Award in the Sports Podcast Awards. Such an amazing moment. Awesome achievement. It's so great to like just hear from everybody on Twitter and all the big congrats and thanks. And just thank you to you, all the listeners out there, people who support the show. I mean, look, this show was around for way before I was the host of it. And I think it's going to be around for a lot longer as well. But thank you to everyone who has uh, supported us and obviously can't do it without you. And shout out to, you know, the guys that helped me here. Obviously, Scott. Towers, Welshy, you guys do a great job. So it's awesome. <laughs> My favorite part about that was like me getting a few tags. I'm the most unworthy. Per- it has happened so much this year. You guys bowed out of the baseball pods tournament and uh, rates and barrels won it. And I, I do have do that show. And everyone's like, hey, congratulations. Well, no, deser- I'm not deserving whatsoever. You guys win this and multiple people tagging me in it. They're like, I'm not deserving of it. I, I have enjoyed I have been doing this for a while, at least once a week with you guys. It is literally all you, Scott and Towers. You guys deserve any Anyone that tagged me, you're so kind. You're so nice. But uh, it is very awesome to see you guys win that. And uh, I'll take a couple of those tags. But I know the truth. I, I know the truth, Frankie. It's hey, Welsh, give yourself some credit, man, because there's a reason why you are appearing on these podcasts, on Fantasy Baseball Today, yeah. on Racing Barrels. Those guys do a great job as well. So, look. It's not for nothing, so make sure to give yourself credit as well. Let's get into Thursday's action. Oh my goodness gracious, players of the night. Unbelievable! He's not a cheetah, he's a lion! He's not a cheetah, he's a lion. I forgot who sent that in. It was a listener emailed that in recently. And shout out to the Pirates. They are 8-5, and five, and that is their TV broadcast calling a walk-off Grand Slam hit by Jacob Stallings a couple of years ago. So... 
Phenomenal call. <laughs> Jacob Stallings, right? It was it was off Edwin Diaz. So, I mean, I guess it was a reason to be like that hyped up for something like that. But yeah, shout out to the Pirates. They're off to a great start. Welsh, kick us off here. Oh my goodness gracious, player of the night. Oh my goodness gracious, Edward Julian. Not only did Edward Julian, our own Edward Julian, who we've been talking about for quite some time, got to see him in the AFL. We have talked him up and up and up. Not only did he surprise everybody today by leading off, I mean, he was hitting low in the first game, had a little miscue, was like, I don't know. I don't know where Edward Julian's going to go. He leads off the game, and he gets both of his first two career hits in the same inning, one of them being a home run in what you are going to talk about, maybe on one of the other sides of this game. But Edward Julian coming in, leading off, hits a homer, two hits, two for five, looks great, obviously adjusted through the end of the game. But man, we had the unfortunate stuff about Kyle Farmer. There's still a lot of moves to be had with this team overall. I mentioned it, Polanco and Kirloff are going to come up. But what a testament to this rookie being thrown in all the questions. Everyone's like, Taj Bradley, Edward Julian, Taj Bradley, Edward Julian. Well, Julian comes in and leads off for this team against the freaking Yankees <laughs> and blasts his first homer. And all of you got to really see that explosive bat speed on play. He had three of his five at-bats and where he made contact on them. Three of the five were hard hit over 96 miles an hour, two being over 100. Edward Julian looks really impressive. He's flexible around the field. And I think that is enough for us to get jacked up. And uh, as, as cool as the homer was, Frank, the leading off really blew me away because how much have we seen teams not do that? The Yankees, they don't want to do it a whole bunch. The Diamondbacks have shied away from Carroll doing it the whole year. It's just not a play. We see all these guys hitting late and Corbin and uh, Edward Julian goes and leads off and dominates and hits two in one inning. It was awesome. Yeah, and I thought that it was super interesting, especially because some of the Twins regulars were back in the lineup, right? So Correa, Buxton is in there as well. And Julian is still leading off. I saw this awesome stat on Twitter. Julian became the fourth player in the expansion era since 1961 to have his first two career hits come in the same inning. And wow. that home run... Uh, as you mentioned, went to the opposite field. And that's exactly what I said the other day about him is when I was watching highlights of you know his minor league home runs and, and things that he did there, he can spray the ball to all fields. It wasn't just like yep. a cheapy Yankee Stadium home run. I mean, left field is actually pretty deep in Yankee Stadium. So he goes to the opposite field and he was in the Arizona Fall League home run derby Welsh. And I was there and I was watching and he's just spraying the ball all over the place. He didn't actually perform too well. Compared That's probably to- kind of why he struggled a little bit, because <laughs> yeah, he yeah. is an all-fields contact type of right? hitter. Yeah. yeah. So- I totally agree, man. I think this is exciting. The other little like side thing, zero strikeouts. Not that the Yankees pitching staff had anything going today, but zero strikeouts in there. And that homer, if I'm remembering correctly, I'm not looking at StatCast right now, wasn't even one of the 100 mile per hour hits. The double, I believe, was the highest at like 104. It was 104.4 as I look. That was the third hardest hit ball in this game. I think the Twins are going to have to look at themselves and all of us on Edward Julian. But of course, here's what happens, Frank. I see it even in the chat. Drop Volpe for Julian. That's been one of the big things. Every it's always it always comes down to Volpe, or it comes down to right. a, a top pitching prospect for uh, Taj Bradley. Do you drop Volpe for Julian after what you saw? I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it yet. I, I mean, I, I I agree with what Scott said the other day. Is that I will not give up on Volpe until the Yankees give up on Volpe. And I was actually on the RotoWire podcast with Jeff Erickson earlier on Thursday. If anyone wants to check that out, and I said uh, I, I think they're going to give him all of April. That's what I think it's going to come down to. And he's got two more weeks to kind of pick it up and show that he could do something. And if not, I think maybe at that point, they'll say, all right, let's get this kid back down to AAA, build up his confidence, and they recall Oswald Peraza and do something like that. But I think they're going to give him the whole month. That's just pure speculation by me. I don't have like inside sources or anything. I haven't read that anywhere. But that's just my feel for what's going on with the Yankees right now. I would not drop Anthony Volpe for Edward Julian. They are different levels of prospects. And I'm sure yeah. you, know, you would agree, uh, at least on that statement, is that they are... Different yeah. levels of prospects. I mean, Julian's great. And, you know, my statement the whole time, what did I say, like, back in November, Frank, when I first got to, like, you know, really, actually, we were doing this in October a little bit earlier, but one of the things I came out and said when I watched him the first week in the AFL was, I don't think Julian's going to be a superstar, but he's a 10-year vet. This is a guy that sticks yeah. around. He's going to make things happen. I don't even know if he's ever going to be an all-star, but he's going to hit 
He is going to run a bit. He can move around the field with flexibility. All of that is great. It's just there is a barrage of guys coming from behind him that might take him off the field. And that leaves some uncertainty, which obviously Volpe has some uncertainty. But we also saw the Yankees try to kickstart him leading him off the other day. He did get a hit today, though he struck out twice. It's yep. uh, it's all cool. It's all fine. But I'm not dropping the, the prospects of Volpe for Julian. But... I would, if you have some dead weight at the end of the bench that is not named Anthony Volpe, I would be tempted to hold on to uh, Julian just in case, just in case. Because I'm like, I think I've been a little negative Nancy sometimes with some of these prospects. Every time I'm like, yeah, it's cool. They come up, but they're going to get sent back down. Well, Bradley dominated. And obviously the injury, probably going to bring him back up. Julian, he dominates. If he does, it's going to be hard for this team to take him off the roster. So I don't want to jump to conclusions just quite yet. Yep, and Edward Julian is 27% rostered, and I do have all of Scott's sleeper hitters and pitchers for later on in the podcast. Edward Julian is one of them. So uh, the Twins have the best hitter matchups next week, according to Scott White. And so as a result, he does like Edward Julian. Uh, So if you need a middle infielder or a second baseman, uh, go and look to pick him up. More on him a little bit, just comparing him to uh, Vaughn Grissom when we get to that chat. Let's stick with the Twins, because my oh my goodness gracious player is Joe Ryan. And frankly, I think that we should probably be talking about Joe Ryan similarly, not, I don't think to the same extent, but similarly to Pablo Lopez as a breakout so far this season. Fantastic uh, pitching with that big lead at the Yankees on Thursday. Seven innings, one run, 10 strikeouts to zero walks, 15 swinging strikes on 92 pitches. 10 of them came on that deceptive fastball that he has, uh, four on the splitter, one on the sweeper. The fastball velocity was up 1.1 miles per hour in this one, all the way up to 93.2. That was not really something we saw often last year from Joe Ryan. Well, that was the average. He had 95.8. Yeah. His average was 93.2, which uh, yeah. is, I think, quite a bit high. Yeah, about a mile. Yeah, I think he was almost, uh, I guess they said 1.1 above, but he had a little bit going back. He was pushing back on it. Yeah, the splitter was up two miles per hour as well, so velocity up across the board for Joe Ryan in this one. He's gone six-plus innings in all three of his starts. Back-to-back starts now with 10 strikeouts and against the Yankees and the Astros. So he's throwing a little bit harder. We know he has that deceptive fastball. He's got two new pitches. He's got a sweeper that he's throwing. He didn't use that last year. He's got a splitter that he's throwing. Those are all the same things that we're talking about with Pablo Lopez. The only difference with Lopez is that he throws harder. So I think there's a touch more upside. You know, he's throwing 95, 96 miles per hour. So I think I trust it a little bit more. We've seen a little bit more of a track record from Pablo Lopez. But Welsh, what are your thoughts on Joe Ryan? I think he kind of needs to be in this breakout discussion as a you know top 40 maybe top 30 starting pitcher oh maybe yeah I'm I mean I'm with you in it I think he belongs yeah I guess there's tears but I think he belongs in the conversation overall the splitter was kind of like the big focal point of everybody of him adding that and it was good had a 31 percent uh whiff rate his CSW so called and swinging strikes 34 percent which is really great team context pretty solid I mean on Joe Ryan he's also one of those guys I'm starting to build this little like crew I like to bet uh, some you know props and like, strikeouts and stuff like that and he's just kind of perpetually underrated as far as strikeouts go we're seeing the same thing with Marcus Stroman Marcus Stroman has been sweeping across and stacking up some strikeouts Joe Ryan's doing that Paulo Lopez probably not going to get any of that low love anymore those numbers are going to go up but I totally agree with Joe Ryan this actually was a really important start because I was a little nervous about how this was going to go against the Yankees and were the numbers going to stick and it did and it makes me feel really comfortable about it so I agree I think this is a great um ooh, do you consider him like a buy right now could you buy on Joe Ryan like I think I've mentioned it with a couple other guys you have to buy him higher than what his draft cost is but do you think that's still lower than where we're gonna go so it's worth a little bit overpay right now I think there's an argument for it and admittedly for those who listen to the show religiously you'll know I I was not in on Joe Ryan this year I was just kind of you know, last year he had these blow-up starts, and I just didn't really trust the just the deception of the fastball. And I feel like the more people, the more teams see him, they'll kind of start to figure that fastball out. But that hasn't been the case. And again, it's two good lineups in a row that he's getting ten strikeouts against, and it was really warm in Yankee Stadium. Obviously, the ball was flying out because the Twins scored nine runs in the first inning in that game, and he looked really impressive. So I would say, yeah, uh, I, I would consider him a buy high. I have him ranked as my SP forty-four right now. And he's just behind Giolito. I think I could move Joe Ryan ahead of Giolito. But then we get into the group of like Hunter Green, Dustin May, Logan Webb, Logan Gilbert. Like 
Mm. Would you move Joe Ryan ahead of names like that? I think it's really tough. Like Logan Gilbert hasn't been lighting anything up, but there's still a lot of good underlying stuff yeah. in there. And I don't think, I don't think we've seen as much of this newfound splitter that he's going to throw yet. I think that's going to happen into the season. I don't know. I think he belongs in that territory. Um, I think best you can get is into the forties right now. We, we just need a few more starts. It's just like looking at prospects or anything. The sample sizes are so low. I think what you have to do is you just have to be like, this was my case with Pablo Lopez after that first start, you just dive in. You dive in, you take the plunge, and you hope for the best that it's going to work out. I think you have to kind of do that. So in your mind, maybe put him into the top 35 because I think he comfortably lives in that territory. The question is going to be, will he start to separate himself from those guys? And there's a definite high possibility, as you pointed out, against the lineups he's had with his success in strikeouts, he can easily start passing guys like Logan Gilbert, Giolito. Hunter Green, a little bit tougher, but yeah, he's in that territory. Yeah, so probably a top 40 starting pitcher with uh, the possibility of moving up further. That is Joe Ryan. And let's give a few, oh my goodness gracious, shout outs. Fernando Tatis tonight, well, when we're recording this, this is Thursday night, at AAA for the El Paso Chihuahuas. He went. He had five hits, including a triple dong, three home runs in the same game. And I tweeted it out. Someone responded asking, is he the 101? Is he the top player in fantasy once he returns on April 20th? And I thought about it for a second, but my response ultimately is no. I think he's in that tier. We had, I thought there was a clear top five entering draft season, and you know, it included Aaron Judge, Ronald Acuna, Trey Turner, Jose Ramirez, and Julio Rodriguez. I think once he's back, Fernando Tatis is in that tier, but I would not put him at the top of it yet. Not yet. Yeah, I mean, I think we need to see a little bit more. We were talking off air, too, because one of the things I'm seeing so much of is people like complaining about how all of their league is trying to come and acquire their Fernando Tatis. (laughs) And I was like, of course they are. You've now eaten the suspension and they think that they can get with only like a week left. They can still get the discount off of Tatis because of suspension and maybe a few more days of that. And, you know, maybe the questionable production and they think they can get discounts. And it's like it's the most untradeable player, I think, right now is Fernando Tatis because you've got to see what you have because there's a possibility that he is a 1-1. Fun fact, too, um, looking over at the uh, AAA StatCast stuff, I believe I can't see the whole thing, but I think it's three of the top 10 hardest hit balls in AAA tonight were hit by Fernando Tatis Jr. <laughs> he had the number two hardest hit ball at 115.1, Oof. and he had the second furthest hit ball. He hit one 451 feet. Fun fact, also, Joe Adele hit one 113.9 on the hard hit. But Tatis, back at it. Let's go next week and just get him back in the lineup. I uh, I think the Padres are needing a little bit jolt. Need a tiny little jolt back in that lineup. Yeah, just stay healthy. That's what we need for Fernando Tatis. And for those who've listened to the podcast since last year, if you pay attention to the lyrics to Kokomo Friday, the final line there is Frank loves him some Connor Joe. That originated last year because I had Connor Joe as a sleeper playing in what I thought would be leading off for the Rockies and Coors Field and all that fun stuff. Obviously, it didn't work out. But let's give another shout-out to Connor Joe, who hit his first home run with the Pirates <laughs> here on Thursday. Big game. He went two for four, four hard-hit balls. He's batting 391 early on. Uh, good plate discipline. He's hitting the ball hard. Just doesn't play enough right now. So uh, there's nothing actionable yet. I, I honestly just wanted to mention his name. Uh, if you have him in NL only, you know I think you just kind of ride with it for now. But who knows? If he starts playing regularly... Maybe he works his way into like 15 team league uh, conversation, something like that for Connor Joe. Well, we've talked about the good. Let's talk about the bad. You and I both love Jeffrey Springs coming into the season, and it looked like he was the guy. He was the breakout starting pitcher so far this season. And even in this start early on on Thursday, five strikeouts over three innings pitched, only one hit allowed going up against the Boston Red Sox, a really bad Red Sox lineup that did not have Rafael Devers in it. But Jeffrey Springs removed from this start after flexing his hand forearm area. It turns out he's dealing with ulnar neuritis and they're going to do some tests and they should have an update on Friday. But I think this is almost guaranteed to wind up in an IL stint. I don't know how long it's going to be yet. You know, maybe it's a month, perhaps even longer than that. And it's frankly, it's just brutal news for arguably the biggest breakout starting pitcher so far. 
Yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal. I wanted to put a bet on him winning uh, Cy Young. I thought about it today and we lose this injury, which looks like this is probably going to be anywhere from four to eight weeks from everything that I saw. I am devastated by it. I'm devastated. And they said no matter what, an IL stint is coming. Whatever the severity of this is, it is an IL stint. He was my favorite pitcher. He looked amazing and poof, down the drain. Yeah. Uh, And then I brought up how I think Taj Bradley, maybe as a result of this, he's going to get another opportunity because he was optioned Thursday morning. And, you know, obviously we talked about him extensively last night, but, you know, with this major injury, I I think that he could be back in the rotation. So, I mean, does he jump to the top of the list of, you know, some of these most added guys, Desclafani, Chris Bubich, uh, Dre Jameson we spoke about yesterday. Would you maybe elevate, elevate Taj Bradley now that you think he could be back in the rotation? Yeah, I think so. I actually think the Bubich one is really fun and interesting to think about here because we just thought, all right, they sent him right down. He's out of here. If he sticks, which looks like why would they not if he was taking Eflin's spot? Why would this change at any point here? I think he's going to stick around for a while. He looked incredible. Going to watch how the league kind of catches up to him. I think I would prioritize him over Bubich, Frank. I don't know. I know you really, really like Bubich. I don't as much. I think I would, Descalfani, yes, uh, I want Bradley over. I want him, I think, over Bubich. I'm trying to think of one of those pitchers you, that I would take him are over. Are you taking him over Dre Jameson? No, I don't think so. Just slightly on to Dre. Mm-hmm. What about Edward Cabrera? I know he's the one we spoke about yesterday, too. I think I would. I think I would go with Taj Bradley. I, I'm If I felt certain that Bradley could stick around long-term, listen, if they say Springs is out for three months, I'll take Bradley at the top of this list. I'll put him at the very top of this list. If it's four weeks, I don't know. I think the Rays would find a way to try to minimize innings on Bradley throughout the year, where I just don't think you would see that with other guys. Um, Bradley has the upside, I think, of one to three right now, based on this, um, on, on, as far as the pickups go, based on this injury okay. of Springs. Uh, and again, some of those most added, Anthony Descofani, Chris Bubich, this is on CBS Sports, Kyle Freeland, which is like, eh, you Probably shouldn't do that. Uh, Tyler McGill, he's fine. Uh, Mitch Keller, who's looked very good so far. Trey Jamison, who we spoke about. Mackenzie Gore had a rough start on uh, Wednesday night, but I think there's still some upside there. And then Brad Keller is all the way down at 11%. Probably a a deeper league guy. I mean, I think him and Bubich are kind of similar. I would take Bubich. I think there's a little bit more upside. If I'm ranking it, I would go, what did I say yesterday? I think Edward Cabrera is still at the top. Then Dre. Then Taj Bradley now with this news. Then Chris Bubich. And then Brad Keller. You had Cabrera over Dre? Yeah, yeah. I had I said okay. that last night, so I'm going to stick with it. Descofani, I realized I missed him there. I would put Descofani behind Bubich, but I have Brad Keller. He's looked really good so far uh, yeah. as well. Let's take our first break, and when we get back, we'll talk about the injury to Orlando Arcia and the fact that it looks like Vaughn Grissom will be back with the Atlanta Braves. We'll do that right after this. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. Worn by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the New Balance Fuel Cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com. All right, let's talk about the news with the Atlanta Braves, and it sounds like Vaughn Grissom will be recalled as Orlando Arcia is going to the IL with a microfracture in his left wrist, and... Vaughn Grissom, you know, he was like, uh, he's like that Michael Jordan meme, the last dance. He didn't make the opening day roster. 
And he took that personally because you know what he did? He went down and he crushed it. And that's exactly what you love to see from a prospect who didn't make it. He goes down, he still goes out, and he's absolutely crushing it right now. 366 batting average, two doubles, two triples, a home run, two steals, an OPS up over 1,000. I get it. It's only 10 games, but... I mean, that's what you want to see. That's exactly what you want to see. And last year, five home runs, five steals in 41 games with the Atlanta Braves. 48% rostered is Vaughn Grissom. Second base eligible in most spots right now, but will gain that shortstop eligibility. Welsh, your thoughts on Vaughn Grissom? And are you taking him or Edouard Julian? Oh, I, I have a better one for you. I have a better one for you. Yeah, I think you have to. I, I'm still I'm cautious about Grissom because I didn't really think it was the bat that cost him, it was positionally. I think they kind of made that pretty clear. Um, so it's great. I, I would say one of the best things that he did in the minor leagues, four strikeouts in over 40 at-bats. That's huge for that strikeout number to be really low. Um, I would take him over Julian because I do think you're always floating around the potential that he could stick around, and I think the stolen base upside might be a little bit greater. But I would come back to it. Volpe or Grissom? What if Grissom is up all year? Let me throw this out at you. Yeah. What if Grissom was given the commitment now versus the upside and the questions on Volpe? Which would you take? It's a good question. And obviously, uh, I'm stalling here because I'm thinking about it. I think I would still go with Volpe. And I'll go back to what I said about Volpe versus Edward Julian. Is, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that Volpe is just a different level prospect than Vaughn Grissom. Now, what's different is that Grissom actually got those 41 games in last year. He had a chance to see Major League pitching, and he had some ups, and then he had downs. Like, his final two weeks last year were not good. He, you know, struggled to the finish line. He was getting replaced by Orlando Arcia. He didn't play in the playoffs, so he's kind of already had some ups and downs, but he's had that opportunity to see Major League pitching. So, I think it's really close, but I would lean with Volpe still just because I do think he's the better, better prospect. I don't know if that's the right answer. What do you think? I think he's in the same tier. I I, I tend to agree with you. Like, I want to go with safer options. But, like, when we were talking about the, the pitchers and stuff, like, Brad Keller's kind of boring, cool, that's funny, kind of boring, cool. I want to play upside, especially in this market. If I am a team that needs consistency, okay, cool. But I feel like when we're talking about these type of moves and these type of pickups, that's why I'm trying to focus on the upside. That's why Bradley would go near the top of the list. And in this case, I still think Volpe's upside is the highest. If we were looking at Julian versus Grissom just in its own shell, I think Grissom is there. I think the stolen base is a 20-plus stolen base potential guy, showed power. The strikeout uh, uh, decrease, I think, is a really good uh, investment for his future and being able to stick around in this lineup. And what I think is more palatable is that if Julian is good, He's not going to have like Jorge Polanco not have a gig. Like no matter how good Julian is, that's not going to happen. Maybe they can move him in another spot, but I think it's a lot more difficult. Grissom can unseat Arcia for the long term here. This is an opportunity for him to play good shortstop and hit the ball well. There's no chance Arcia is going to come and just take that job completely away from him in this case because Arcia is a stop. Even though I guess they re-signed him, I still look at him as kind of a stopgap guy, but they might start moving Grissom around in other positions as Arcia is coming back. So I think Grissom has that potential. So I guess if we're tearing these out as we're building the show, it's uh, Volpe still, Grissom, and then Julian as far as the like big rookie upside bats that I would play. And would you put someone like Bryce Terang behind all those names? I think so. Like I got like really stoked, you know, hey, rookie shortstop in the very beginning. I would put him below those guys. I still think it's it's cool. You know, stolen bases can get up there. He definitely showed off a little bit of power, but I think it, he might be like another tier back. I agree with that. And uh, yeah, I would put Bryce Terang even behind Edward Julian. I still like Terang. It's nothing against him. It's just that I think those other players uh, could potentially be better than him. Terang's still sitting against lefties too, so I do kind of worry about that for him. Let's quickly talk about Fab here, Welsh. Um, obviously, a lot of people... You know, have Fab coming up over the weekend. You know, in a 12-team league, I, I don't... I looked at the main event, and I think uh, the NFBC main event, Von Grissom is still 96% rostered, so people were holding on to him. But let's say 12-team leagues, right? Like, how much money are you willing to uh, put down on someone like Grissom or, or even Julian? You know, it's funny you said that, too, because in one of my NFBCs, I still am holding on to Beatty, and I have no IL spot, and I just, like, refuse to let go of Beatty because it's going to... You look gonna, what he, you see what he's doing in the minors right now? Like... <laughs> It's going to be very soon. Yeah. There's only so much Escobar can hit 100 and Beatty can be one of the biggest power hitters in the minor leagues. Like, I'll be honest with you, I think by the time I'm on this show next week, 
I think Beatty's up. That's going to be a little prediction. I think Beatty's back up with the team by the time I'm uh, here. Hopefully on Wednesday. Yeah, I was going to say, you you know it's going to be Wednesday when you're on the show. (laughs) It has to be. It has to be. All right, so back to the question. Um, Was it all these guys or just Grissom are you talking about in Julian? Because Bradley would be actually the one I would put the most fab on of any of these guys if we're adding him in here. But I would say... Grissom might be like a 15%, uh, 15 to 18%. If you're desperate, maybe even into the 20, 25s. And I think Julian is like 75% of that. So 12 to 18%, maybe somewhere in there. I mean, what do you think? Do you think my numbers are off or does that sound right? No, someone asked me on Twitter and they said they have $99 left out of 100. So they only spent $1. And I said, uh, yeah, for Grissom, I'd, I'd be willing to go like 15 to 20%. So it, okay. it, just, it comes down to your needs, like how badly... And people have needs like they we're losing shortstops left and right. You know, we could use some middle infielders. I know Julian is not going to earn shortstop eligibility, but Vaughn Grissom is. We're going to have to wait a little bit, but I, I think your numbers are spot on. Taj Bradley, you said that he would be at the top there. I mean, what are you thinking? Like up over 20 percent for him? I think so. I think I mean, in this state where you've got now feasibly two of these pitchers on the IL and Bradley, they might just make this commitment. I think so. I, I really do think that I could go 20 to 25, assuming that I am desperate for like pitching. I, I don't say desperate, who but I'm in Who isn't desperate right now? Yeah, that's the point. That's, that's a good point. Like you in a need of it because this is a six to seven plus strikeout guy per game. I will say that like they've got so many of these guys. Who is the kid today? He looked phenomenal. A, a Prito, I think it was, with the Rays, was getting swing strikes left. And I think he had like five through three innings. I think he might have got the save. Looked really good. And this is a guy that, you know, they can put in two or three innings that maybe they're piggybacking and it kind of screws stuff up maybe a little bit. But I really think they can build a plan and they're going to build a plan now that Springs is out. So if I have any sort of need in pitching, he would be my priority because I think this is one of the best outside of Brandon Fott which I will also say is pitching tomorrow, which lines up with Madison Bumgarner when he fails. And if we see Fott, who pitched three and two-thirds no-hit innings last in his last start, and then he got some bad calls by uh, – I'm sorry, I watched the entire start. If that all lines up, he could be there. But there's no one outside of Fott I would want than Bradley right now. All right, let's hit some news and notes before we get into some of the Thursday performances. And there wasn't too much going on on Thursday. Joe Musgrove is scheduled to throw a bullpen on Friday. If all goes well, he'll be cleared for one more rehab outing. Luis Severino threw a bullpen on Thursday. His next step will be live batting practice and then a rehab stint after that. Kent Maeda will have his turn in the rotation skip this weekend against the Yankees. Louis Varland will start Friday with Tyler Malley pushed to Saturday. I didn't see an exact diagnosis for Kenta Maeda. It could just be, you know, that first start he left with, you know, just fatigue in general and then didn't look great as his last time out. So they probably just don't want him pitching in Yankee Stadium with, you know, obviously with that lineup or whatever. So I mean, Joe Ryan, Joe Ryan can do it. So that's true. That's true. I think Joe Ryan's like different caliber than Maeda at this point. But yeah, no, it's that's yeah. a fair point. Uh, Anthony Santander has missed two straight with a sore back and is off to a pretty rough start himself. You know, that, WBC bump. I was so excited. He looked awesome and <laughs> gets off to the rough start. He's dealing with the back injury. It's yeah, not great. Michael Conforto left uh, Wednesday night's game. I didn't see this last night, but he's dealing with left calf tightness. Not only was Javier Baez dropped to sixth in the Tigers lineup, but he was benched in the third inning after making a base running mistake. And his tenure in Detroit has been awful so far, Welsh. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, this, I guess his team has put together some, you know, decent gameplay here on, but I just don't really know what we're keeping. I, I don't, he doesn't make sense for the team, but financially, I don't think they really have any wiggle room. Seems like a bad fit. There's going to be a point. Javi Baez has never really been, um, I don't know, never sat back quietly in the background that I can't imagine that this is going to become a much louder, bigger issue some point soon. I would I'd be shocked if by June he's still on this team, really. I just don't think it makes sense. You know, I, I kind of had a thought like that yesterday about Chris Sale, I'm like, how much is Chris Sale going to put up with where the Red Sox are just terrible and he's just like, what am I doing? And then, you know, he just yeah. goes out and has like one of those, you know, where he goes crazy or whatever. I don't know. Gets in a shopping cart and jumps <laughs> off a you know, curb. And look, I, hope, leg. Yeah. I hope it doesn't happen. But look, we, we've seen Chris Sale sure. do some pretty wild stuff. Uh, Adam Wainwright will face live hitters on Friday. He's missed the start of the season with a groin issue. 
47% rostered. I don't think there's much left in the tank for Adam Wainwright. Harrison Bader is likely to begin a minor league rehab assignment next week. He's 57% rostered. If you're chasing speed early on this season, he might be out there for you. Cole Irvin was so bad Thursday that he was optioned to AAA. And I am an idiot, not only for recommending him here on this podcast, but I started him in my most important league, the mm. NFBC main event. I talked myself into it. I said, oh, he's going up against Oakland. It's a good matchup. Revenge game. Uh, and little did I know, I mean, it was so hot. It was so humid in that game. And uh, how could I forget about Brent Rooker, right? I mean, gosh, the guy is crushing the ball right now. And that entire series, we'll talk about him a little bit later on as well. But yeah, I think that almost ensures that Kyle Bradish will be back next week for Baltimore. And uh, Grayson Rodriguez will likely stick around. Uh, I think we knew that anyway. But, you know, for now, it just kind of helps his job security. Also, just throw out like maybe D.L. Hall coming in the near future as well. His ERA looks a little bit inflated, but um, it a lot of it came from like the first game. He had six strikeouts, four and one third inning, and he only gave up one earned run in his last start. Dropped the batting average against by about 100. He's someone they like. Probably more of a bullpen arm, but, you know, just throwing that out there. If, if they keep messing around and they keep screwing around with the rotation, maybe uh, D.L. Hall will get back in here soon. All right, Jesse Winker has missed four straight with an illness. Max Kepler could be activated as soon as Saturday. Uh, Nixon Zell was activated off the IL. Will Benson was optioned to AAA. Frankly, I'm, I'm not just I'm just not going to ask you about Senzel because uh, what are we even doing at this point? Uh, Kyle Farmer was officially placed on the IL with that facial injury, and Kyle Garlic was recalled. And one prospect note: I'd like to get your thoughts on this one, Welsh. Cardinals pitching prospect Matthew Liberator has made three strong starts at AAA so far, and he went seven innings in his latest outing with 10 strikeouts. His velocity was up during spring training, and I saw Jesse Roche tweeting about this, friend of the podcast, we've had him on before. Uh, That velocity has maintained so far, and he's looked like a different pitcher. Is that someone that you'd be looking to stash in deeper leagues right now? I used to love Liberator. I really did. I think he's also like a driveline guy, so I wouldn't be shocked if that's where a lot of it came from. I want to say maybe he also started uh, sweeping like everybody else, but big curveball as well. Huge numbers, one ERA, 24 strikeouts. I'm with this. I think this is he gets an opportunity with that incredible defense, and if the Cardinals can ever figure out how to hit again an offense that we would assume they have, yeah, I'm, a, I'm all about Matthew Liberator. I, I would keep an eye on him. All right, let's get into some of Thursday's action. Some pitching performances. We mentioned Joe Ryan earlier on. Nick Lodolo kind of labored his way through five innings here against the Phillies. I think it's the second time he's already faced them, so they, they've already had a look at him, and he was okay. Five innings, eight hits, two earned runs, two walks, six strikeouts, so he had the, the 2.0 whip there, but you know, kind of limited the damage. 15 swinging strikes on 97 pitches, and that one continues to emphasize the four-seam fastball and the curve. Uh, Chris Bassett has now turned in back-to-back quality starts after getting clobbered on opening day. He went six innings, two runs, seven strikeouts up against the Detroit Tigers. We spoke about Joe Ryan earlier. Uh, Jordan Montgomery turned in a quality start up against the Pirates. I, I feel like this is just quintessential Jordan Montgomery. Six and a third, six hits, two runs, Two walks, five strikeouts, solid. High floor pitcher. I think you know what you're getting from him. Any thoughts on these three Welsh? Lodolo, Chris Bassett, and Jordan Montgomery. Yeah, solid Montgomery. That'll be the nickname. I like that one. Yeah, you know, the Lodolo one is really tripping me out. Uh, he had a really high K-prop number today, too, seven and a half, and he wasn't able to get there just because he he's really getting behind himself and uh, he's a big, very heady pitcher that I think you're just going to have big up and downs. And and really, even though I know it's a Phillies lineup, um, Phillies been striking out a decent amount, so I understand why the prop was there. I think... I'm a sell on Lodolo if he can string a couple good starts together. He has big, he has flashy strikeout numbers on a team, obviously, like as you get into the summer months and stuff like that, like that ballpark is not great. I would be looking for Lodolo to stack two or three good starts with high strikeouts if he can. And I would be try, probably trying to get out from under him for the rest of the year. Would you trade Lodolo for Joe Ryan? I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> um... I don't know. I think it's kind of lateral. I don't. Yeah, I, agree. I think that would be a trade where like if you had another piece, you know, like you were trying to get a short, every, every shortstop is injured. You were getting a shortstop and then you're giving something of maybe some outfield depth. And, you know, these pitchers had to be involved and maybe they felt like they were getting a slight edge on strikeouts. I do it. Yeah. If they think they're selling high on Joe Ryan. I do think they're relatively close. There's still crazy upside. I don't want to make it like Nick yeah. Lodolo is going to crash and be garbage or anything. I just think he's really volatile and I kind of would like to get out of it on the on a high note. 
27 strikeouts over 17 innings pitched so far for Lodolo. Uh, he's got a 415 Babbitt through three starts, so that is not going to remain. He's actually been unlucky in that regard. Yeah. But yeah, as the weather heats up in Cincinnati, there will be some home runs hit against him. I, I still think there is a ton of upside. And if I'm deciding between the two, I'll take Lodolo over Joe Ryan, but... I've already admitted I, I was a Joe Ryan hater coming into the season, and maybe yeah. he'll just continue to prove. And this me is wrong. a this is a redraft thing. I just want to point out yeah. as well. Like this isn't like a dynasty keeper type of thing. This is a redraft this year type of conversation when you're comparing those two out. And just I don't know some of the volatility, but again, you know, it's, it's early, and we have to react as we can to April and understanding the earliness of all of it. It's just some of the stuff that you start to see, and you know, guys getting away with some guys getting babbit to death, some not, some getting away with things, and you can just start to envision where offenses and defenses and summer, you know, the summer months are going to start to go. That's why I kind of uh, sitting there on Lodolo. Mm -hmm. Vince Velasquez, one name that I didn't mention. He actually looked great at the Cardinals. Six shutout with six strikeouts, 18 swinging strikes on 95 pitches. Though you mentioned it, the Cardinals are kind of going through an offensive rut right now. Ten of those swinging strikes on the fastball, five on the slider, three on the changeup. Uh, frankly, he was just really, really dominant in this game. Um, and I think we kind of see this from time and time time to time. Like Velasquez yeah. kind of just pops up with this like random good start. So I don't think we're buying it. He's 3% rostered. He's got two stars next week up against the Reds in Pittsburgh. So that helps. But then at Coors Field. So uh, I think it's a no. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I was saying he did this with the White Sox last year. Yeah. It's a no. It's a no. Okay. Uh, a few waiver wire hitters that I wanted to mention from Thursday's action. Austin Hayes, we continue to talk about. He had three more hits. He's batting 340 early on. The one thing I'll point out is if you play in a shallower league and you're looking to pick him up, he's only got five games next week, so don't really love that for, for Austin Hayes and the rest of the Orioles. Esteri Ruiz went three for four with a double, two runs, and two RBI while leading off on Thursday, and he's batting 293 with just a 14.6% strikeout rate. The problem is that his average exit velocity is 82.7 miles per hour. Well, so I, I've been like, there's some things that I'm mildly interested in with Ruiz is that he makes contact so far and he walked a ton during spring training and he's you know hitting all the driving in all these runs in, in spring as well. He's 43% rostered. I think that's probably right because that probably accounts for all of the category leagues on CBS. Uh, I have uh, three players for you and this is rank them. Estrella Ruiz, Miles Straw, and Joey Weimer. How would you rank your order of ownage? Uh, I think Straw is clearly behind that group. And then I think it's really close between Ruiz and Weimer. I'm sure that I have Ruiz ranked higher, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Weimer. So I probably have to make that change in my rankings. It's just the team context is so much better. Even if Joey Weimer is batting ninth, I like what I've seen from him so far. I mean, he's put together some really good plate appearances from what I've seen on Joey Weimer. So I would go Weimer, Ruiz, and then Miles Straw. I'm a little interested in that, that you immediately put Straw down there because I kind of think a little bit of what Straw is doing is what you are going to get out of Estoria Ruiz. The problem is, is I think people were turning Estoria Ruiz into Adalberto Mondesi. Oh, I'm going to get 15 homers and I'm going to get 70 stolen bases and he can hit 250 and he'll score a bunch of runs, maybe not RBIs. And I think you're seeing too much Mondesi in him when it it might be more miles straw. Like I hate that average exit velocity. I think it's a garbage number. Not saying I would take straw, but I, I think they're, they're closer right now than right. maybe even Weimer to Ruiz is. Yeah. So, I mean, would you go in the same order or what are you thinking? Yeah. I mean, I think so, but I think it's like Weimer is his own tier. And then those other two might be sitting there. I think it's, it's getting close. Like I'm not, I don't feel great about a story. Ruiz. Fair enough. Uh, Trent Grisham went one for four with his fourth home run. He's, Looked okay so far. I know the batting average is low, but he's hitting for some pop again. 51% rostered. He's got seven games next week. Six righties and one TBD. So that schedule actually looks pretty juicy for Trent Grisham. Andrew McCutcheon. I mean, oof, back in Pittsburgh, and he looks revitalized, man. One for three with a double, walk, run, and RBI. He had two hard hits in this game. One of them, nearly 108 mile per hour exit velocity. He's hitting over 300 so far. He's got a 468 on base percentage, 10 walks, to seven strikeouts, a couple of doubles in there, three steals. Man, I mean, Andrew McCutcheon has looked really good so far. Uh, he's got seven games next week, three of those in Coors Field. So look, at 21% rostered, if you're looking for an outfielder, even in a points league, with that kind of plate discipline, Welsh, I am in on Andrew McCutcheon, at least for next week. McCutcheon or Ruiz in category. Don't give me points. Don't do points. Uh, uh, category. Um... I'll take McCutcheon. I, I mean, I don't okay. know if that will if that's my answer for like rest of season, but if you just need one for next week, I would go with McCutcheon. 
Okay. I mean, I, I kind of think like when you're dealing with a guy like Ruiz, you are making a season long decision because I think yeah. somebody will go and make the move. And when they drop him, someone else will pick him up. <laughs> yeah. I like what I'm seeing out of McCutcheon. He's hitting in like a prime spot and obviously no O'Neill Cruz kind of stinks. But uh, yeah, I think McCutcheon is definitely more consistent. Doesn't give you what Ruiz does, but what's Ruiz really giving you? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of their names, Spencer Steer had two more hits. He's now batting 333. Plate discipline looks solid early on. Six walks to seven strikeouts. He's hitting the ball hard. He's putting it in the air. And if he keeps doing that in Cincinnati, as that weather heats up, I think good things are coming for Spencer Steer. 27% rostered. He's got seven games next week. Three at home, four at the Pirates. So if you need a corner infielder, uh, third baseman, a utility bat, whatever it might be. I think Steer is someone that you could look at. Well, anything to see with these three names, I think more so deeper league ads, but Rodolfo Castro went one for three with a walk, hit his first home run. We know that he's going to play more now starting at shortstop due to the O'Neill Cruz injury. Brent Rooker mentioned what he's been doing, two for four with a double dong, five RBI in that game. He has three straight multi-hit games with three home runs. He absolutely dominated the Orioles in that series. He's 3% rostered. And then Michael A. Taylor had a double dong, four RBI up against the Yankees. Anything to see with these three? Castro, Rooker, Michael A. Taylor. You know, I actually made a move for Rooker. He was one that I picked up, and I had the choice between Taylor and Rooker, and I, I picked him up for the big power numbers. I like it. Um, horrific defense. He made a horrific, horrific defensive play the other day, and that's just what's going to happen. He's always been a big masher. There was a lot of prospect pedigree when he was with the Twins and just kind of fell apart. He hasn't been healthy for multiple years. But, I mean, this guy can absolutely rocket balls out, and he's being given an opportunity. And he's the one guy. I'm not trying to make it like this huge thing here, but, you know, 66% hard hit rate right now he's not striking out which is a good old A's way so yeah I think uh, what you lose in uh, Seth Brown you might be able to pick up in a guy like Brent Rooker or at least just take a shot at it so of these three that is the one that I've personally invested in Mm -hmm. Uh, obviously in AL only he's probably already rostered but in a 15 team league if you're just looking for some pop last year in the minors Brent Rooker hit 289 with 28 home runs and a 1044 OPS but the strikeouts have been an issue so if he can keep those down you know he's going to play because Oakland, I mean, they just, they don't really have much going on. Let's take our final break here, and when we return, we'll uh, preview week four. We've got some schedule, two-star pitchers. We'll do all that next on Fantasy Baseball Today. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together, and nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck, and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Let's get into week four, and here's what we have for the schedule. 12 teams with seven games, 16 teams with six games, and then two unlucky teams with five games next week. As I mentioned earlier, the Orioles and the other team being the Washington Nationals. Welsh, you're wearing a hat with a big old S on it, and I'm happy you are. Because you, my friend, are Scott White. You have to put your Scott White hat on, and we're going to you. We're talking two-star pitchers. We're talking streamers, sleepers, all that fun stuff. People are infuriated, but yeah, we'll do it. We'll we'll do it. The masses are mad. I cannot replace the chat has uh, let us know that I am not Scott White today. So let's do it, Frank. Let's try it. Uh, they be a mean to you, Welsh. Come on. Oh, yeah, no, I don't. I don't care. I, uh, I, I click over. You know, the best thing to do is we click on the private chat, so I don't have to look at them. Ah, uh, yeah. Don't be mean to Welsh. Come on, man. He's... 
he's helping us out here. No, uh, no, they're good. They're good. They're good. Let's uh, let's jump into some of these uh, fringy two-star pitchers. Do you trust any of these? Hayden Wesneski has looked real rough so far. He's got the Jekyll and Hyde matchups. One going up against Oakland. The other, the Dodgers. What do you think? I don't think so. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm moving away a little bit, and uh, Enosaris uh, was talking about this on Twitter, and I really agree with this sentiment of like getting a little bit less infatuated with two-start pitchers where one of the starts ends up kind of negating the overall return of what you get. Yeah. I do think this is different in points leagues. You know, points leagues, if you can come out on top and you're not going to get completely dinged, I think that's kind of a positive. So I think my approach is a little bit different in points leagues than it would be in some category leagues, but... I'm moving away, especially if I see some bad matchup. Because like Wisniewski, Oakland is a solid matchup. Even though he got lit up, there's no chance I'm playing him against the Dodgers. So this is really not of interest to me because I don't think that first start is something I would be locking into here. So uh, Wisniewski's a pass. All right. Well, then uh, I think you're probably not going to love these Mets pitchers. David Peterson going up against the Dodgers and the Giants. Yeah, you know, the only thing that I'm a little tiny bit interested in is how both teams have been just really big strikeout guys. The Giants have, I think they're still, I didn't look at it today, but uh, going into yesterday, they were leading the league in team strikeouts. So, I mean, they are striking out left and right like crazy, which I think is a good positive. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not sure either one of these guys are um, David Peterson or Tyler McGill are guys that I think are going to like light up strikeout numbers. So, again, I would negate these matchups and I wouldn't really be interested in Peterson or McGill. Yeah, I think it's a no-go in category leagues for me. I, I'm going to have to make the decision in a 15-team Roto League if I want to use Peterson next week. I haven't decided yet. Uh, kind of leaning no right now. But if you play in a points league, I, I think you can get away because they're, you know, a little bit better caliber, at least. And I agree with that. Yeah. Points, I completely agree with that because I don't think either one of those, I'm looking at negative returns necessarily on them. And I like the offenses supporting. I like it better than what like the Cubs are going to provide for Wisniewski. So in points leagues, I think these are much better. Category leagues, I I might play one of them singularly against the Giants, but I, I'm not interested in that Dodgers start right now. All right, the last name I have on the list is Kyle Freeland. Again, one of the most added starting pitchers on CBS. He's going up against the Pirates. That start is in Coors Field, and then he's at the Phillies. He's Somehow he's getting it done. What do you think, Welsh? Oh, man. I mean, a Kyle Freeland in Colorado, and then that's not against the bad team, and then you're going into Philly. I like it, but I think this is where the ERA is going to get inflated. So you want to roll some dice? Okay, I could roll some dice with Pittsburgh in Colorado, but I'm going to avoid that Philly one. You know, Philly did some numbers on uh, Lodolo as well, so no. Mm -hmm. All right, the two-star pitchers to add and stream. These come according to Scott White. Eduardo Rodriguez going up against the Guardians and the Orioles. Dre Jameson, you love to see it, Welsh, at the Cardinals and home against the Padres. Kind of tough matchups, but... I think uh, we're rolling with him next week. Bailey Falter at the White Sox and versus the Rockies. That Rockies start will be uh, in Philadelphia, so you don't have to worry about Coors Field. Mm. And I'm sure if Scott was here, he would tell you, this is more of a deep league play, and if you're desperate in a points <laughs> league, so keep that in mind with Bailey Falter. Uh, and I think the same thing could be said for this final one. Alex Wood, he's looked okay so far. He's at the Marlins, which is a good start, and then he's home against the Mets, so... Tougher team to face, but obviously it's a good venue pitching in San Francisco. Welsh, I know you like Dre Jamison. Is there one other name here between Erod, Falter, and Alex Wood that you can maybe see yourself streaming? I actually like the Falter one. I like the matchups here. Early, early on, there's so much here to predict. Like the Dre, I'm actually really surprised that Scott put Dre Jamison on there, just simply because, of like, look at those teams at St. Louis and San Diego. I think why he did it, St. Louis cannot find their offense right now, and this would be a start right before Tatis comes. You know, they've had some struggles at the top of the lineup. So Soto has had some of those as well. So I could, I guess I could see why we could do this. I'm not jumping here to be like, Dre Jamison, this is great. These are two really tough teams. And if they start get going, then this is going to be a bloodbath for him. And this is going to be something where we're having this big conversation about why Dre Jamison is going to lose that spot. Brandon fought, Brandon fought. The others, uh, Bailey Falter is probably the worst name on this, but has the best matchup. Erod is pretty good except Cleveland is just such a tough team to pitch against and I think it takes away the strikeouts and really Baltimore's top end of that lineup with Adley at two I think makes him a lot more dangerous uh, I will go with Falter here even though Scott would say well this is a deeper league play <laughs> I agree. and I think you know just pointing out the names that the ones I mentioned earlier and the ones that I mentioned now clearly 
there's not a lot of great options for two-star pitchers next week. I, that, I think that's the main takeaway. Uh, if I, I was choosing one, I think it would be Alex Wood. But again, it's probably more of a points league thing. I, I don't think I would want to do it in category leagues if you can avoid it. One-star pitchers to stream next week. Sean Manaya at the Marlins. A-OK. I'm good with that one. The way that he's looked yep. so far, velocity being way up for him. Andrew Heaney going up against the Oakland A's. Also sounds very good to me. Love. Uh, Justin Steele at the Oakland A's. All right, let's do that. Steele's look very good. Mitch Keller at home against the Reds. So you get the Reds on the road. Yes, uh, I think we're all in. Kyle Gibson versus the Tigers. I think this one's kind of more of a deep league play. I, I picked up Gibson in a few spots this week for his two starts. And if you picked him up in like a 15-team league, which I did, and you just kind of want to hold on to him and stream him against the Tigers... I think it's perfectly fine. Uh, you know, yeah. I don't know that he's going to help you. He's probably not going to hurt you. It's it's fine. And I think this is like such a prime point too to point out. I would so much rather lose two to three starts because I didn't get the two start pitchers for those other guys to get a good quality outing of Manaya and hit. If I could just pick up Manaya, Heaney, and Steele, and I didn't get the other three starts that those other guys are going to do, if someone else made it, I'd much rather the quality of those three if I had a three pickup league than trying to get you know the back end stuff of Tyler McGill going up against the Dodgers and stuff. Uh, and the last one there is Martin Perez at the Kansas City Royals. I think he's like 77% rostered, so that's more of a Shallower league, points league, if you're just really desperate for a good matchup, uh, Perez at Kansas City. The best hitter matchups for next week. We have the Twins, which I mentioned earlier, with Edouard Julian, of course. Texas Rangers, uh, the Angels, the Tigers, and the Brewers. The worst hitter matchups are the Nationals, the Rays, the Royals, the Yankees, and the Red Sox. With that being said... Scott's 10 sleeper hitters to target for next week. Rowdy Telez, who is only 71% rostered. Again, shallower leagues. Points leagues could be out there. Logan Ohoppy, 72%, and he's looked awesome so far. Josh Young, 67% rostered. They have the second best hitter matchups. Uh, Jake Fraley, 46% rostered. Edward Julian is only 27%, so widely available. Joey Weimer at 33. Josh Rojas at 58. Brandon Marsh. 35% rostered. I looked into his schedule. Seven games, six of them being... I meant to write righties. I wrote lefties. That's false. <laughs> so, seven games with six righties on the schedule. I think that bodes well for Brandon Marsh, who's looked good so far. Trevor Larnick at 42%. And if you need a deeper league ad, Kerry Carpenter at 11%. Welsh, outside of Edward Julian, are there one or two names here that really stand out for you? Um, where are they on this sheet? I can't even see where they are. Oh, they here. are way down. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see, I see, <laughs> I see them. Um, the Rowdy Telez one I'm in on because you said besides Julian, Josh Rojas, you know, Homer, Homer, Homer. But, you know, he leads off anytime they're going up against righties. And that seems like to be a full on commitment. So I think Rojas and I, I like Rowdy to start to get going here. Uh, I'd also throw uh, Josh Young in there. But yeah, Rojas and Rowdy would be the top two guys on this. All right. That is week four. And before we wrap things up, let's just quickly talk about some hitting leftovers. Adley Rutschman, one for five with his fourth home run and his first career walk off home run so far. And, you know. As, as someone who doubted the power this year, he's uh, <laughs> making me look a little bit foolish. Frank, is he the number one catcher in fantasy for you? Adley Rutschman. Uh, I'm not ready. It's, to it's, it's him or I'm Rumi, not, too. I'm not ready to say that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's still JTR, and he's off to a slow start. He got off to a really slow start last year, and from May 1st on, I mean, Real Muto was ridiculous. So I think it's still him. But Adley's in that conversation. Yeah, I mean, between like Varsho and Salvador Perez and Will Smith, I, yeah, I think absolutely... You know, Adley is in that mix for for being the number two catcher in fantasy right now. I think he's number one. I think he's number one in my mind. I know the stolen bases are going to come with Romuto, and I know he's going to do that, and that's yeah. going to be a big uh, factor here, but I think Adley might be number one. All right. Uh, Ryan Mountcastle went one for four with his sixth home run, and another stolen base for each of Cedric Mullins, who stole his sixth, and Jorge Mateo, who stole his seventh. Man. Those guys just have the green light. They get on base, and they are good to go. I should have mentioned this earlier. Bad job by me, but... Uh, the good news for Tampa Bay is that they've won 13 in a row. Like, burying the lead? Duh, what's going on here? Uh, yes, they lose Jeffrey Springs, but they win the game. They're 13-0, and and they have a plus 71 run differential. <laughs> it's just <laughs> unbelievable stuff. You know, I think I saw a stat that they have more homers than pitcher-earned runs given up oof. right now. Bananas. And you know who hit one of those home runs? Yandy Diaz, his fourth home run so far. And I wanted to point this out because I think there might be a buy-high situation here. 44% fly ball rate entering Thursday, and his launch angle is a career-high 13 degrees so far. 
I don't know if it's going to last. Two weeks from now, we can look at it and he'll be a you know sixty percent ground ball rate uh, ground ball rate guy again. But on the off chance he's lifting the ball, I mean, we could get like a. 270, 20 plus home runs, really good counting stat season from Yandy Diaz, and it would not surprise me. So. Did you see also that the entire team uh, dressed as Yandy Diaz? The whole team did their best Yandy Diaz impression, which was tight jeans, necklaces, like turtleneck shirts, or showing off your muscles. And Yandy uh, designated Jason Adam as the best impersonator of him, and that's on. You can find it on Twitter and stuff like that. It's it's really great. The the team like that is a team leader. They love this guy, and the whole team dressed as him, which is fun. And they gave him an extension this offseason. So clearly, oh. it's not just the players that like him, but the organization likes Yandy Diaz as well. Now, the first thing that came to mind when you mentioned dre- dressing up as him is when I was younger, I dressed up as Brock Lesnar for one Halloween. I was like, <laughs> I want to be a wrestler. And so my mom just bought me one of these, like, I don't know, it's like a muscle suit that goes yeah. over your clothes. And if I was dressing up as Yandy Diaz, I would probably just like put that on and then put a shirt on over it. And then I would be Yandy Diaz. Is there any chance you still have that? There's like a non-zero chance that that is in my parents' house somewhere. I just because is I have it no possible that we could have a muscle show? Could we have a full-on uh, muscle show? Uh, maybe a Kokomo Friday. It's a muscle <laughs> show with Frank. Uh, I'm gonna have to dig into the archives. I'm gonna <laughs> dig deep into the into the the Halloween stash at my parents' Let's house and see out. what they've got. Brandon Lau went two for four with his fifth home run. All five coming over the last six games. He look stay healthy. Hope the back is fine, and he's gonna be awesome. Anthony Rizzo, three for four with a double dong. He is batting 326 early on, crushing the ball, hitting a ton of line drives. So I wonder if, with the new rules, the shift restrictions, if Anthony Rizzo is consciously thinking, let me get back to hitting some line drives. He sold out last year for the fly balls, pulling everything in Yankee Stadium. But look, if he gets back to hitting the line drives, maybe he's a you know 270 hitter again with 25 home runs. I, I would not rule that out for Anthony Rizzo. Welsh... Before we started the show, I said, bring some buy lows. Well, guess what? We're not going to get to all of them. But you did choose at least one pitcher. So I would like to ask you, who was the buy low pitcher that you wanted to recommend? Uh, the buy low pitcher. I actually saw somebody mention it way, way earlier in the chat as I was going through. There's a couple guys that were kind of ruminating around my head and stuff like that. But the guy I ended up settling on is a buy low, which I think he's just really cheap. But the numbers are just not good right now overall, at least what they look like on the surface, is Nate Eovaldi, who is still throwing the ball really hard but he's got a 6.32 ERA, which is obviously not great. But he has got the highest K percentage of his career. He's also got an expected uh, expected ERA that's in the twos. It's actually in the top 25 best expected ERA in the entire league right now. It's actually 24th. It's a 3.32 expected ERA. I think it's a 3.15 Sierra, a 2.81 FIP. He has a 57% left on base percentage, which obviously is garbage. And he's getting Babbitt to death of the players who have 23 other players have a better expected ERA. Nobody has a higher Babbitt than Nathan Evaldi. In fact, he's the only one with a 400 plus Babbitt against it will come back. The strikeout numbers are still there. I think that team is one of the better teams in baseball, even though they lost Corey Seager. And I think just you look at the surface stats, it just puts it in a place that maybe Nate Evaldi could just be had for not much of anything. And I think you're going to see a big bounce back with the strikeout numbers and some of the stuff I told you about. So that's my pick. I kind of wanted to say Giolito, but it's a much better uh, case I can have for Evaldi. No, that was fantastic. So love to see, so love to hear those numbers for Evaldi. And I think there's some shallow leagues where people might be ready to drop them. So you can get Eovaldi for dirt cheap. That's a great call. And the one for me, no surprise, I'm doubling down on Lance Lynn, who, you know, he's definitely got off to an inauspicious start here. But the walks have been uncharacteristic for him. He still has a 19% K minus walk rate, a 14% swinging strike rate. I, I think he's just been slightly off so far. And we saw that last year, too, when Lynn returned from the knee injury. His you know, first five or six starts, he looked terrible. And then he just rattled off you know, a 14 or 15 start stretch where he looked like one of the top 10 or 12 starting pitchers in baseball. So uh, Lance Lynn is someone that I would be looking to buy right now, if you could. On the cheap, of course. Let's wrap up with some bullpen updates here for the Oakland A's. Trevor May pitched the bottom of the ninth with the game tied, and it immediately was not tied anymore because he gave up a walk-off home run to Adley Rutschman for the Tigers. They got it right this time. Alex Lang was summoned in the ninth inning with a two-run lead. He struck out one, clean inning, going up against one of the best lineups, Toronto Blue Jays, for his first save, 39% rostered. Uh, I think 
that at least moving forward, they're going to go with uh, Alex Lang over Trey Winginter out there in Detroit. For the Reds, Derek Law allowed two base runners in the ninth inning with a four-run lead. Alexis Diaz then got the final out for his second save. And then the regulars, just one name. Felix Bautista pitched a scoreless ninth with the game tied, and he wound up with the win. Let's wrap up with daily streamers for the weekend, and we'll start with Friday. Well, as you know the deal, I'll ask you a name. You give me a yes or no. And we'll start off with Trevor Rogers, who's going up against the Diamondbacks. That is a nay, sir. I agree. Taiwan Walker at the Reds. This is a yes. Let's go. Alrighty. Sean Manaya at the Tigers. Yes. I'll give you a hell yes on Sean Manaya yeah. at the Tigers. Uh, Tanner Houck versus the Angels. <laughs> and get the beer cans as a stone cold for your wrestling thing. <laughs> I had a hell yeah. Uh, Tanner, I'm going to go with no. I agree. Uh, Mike Clevenger versus the Orioles. Nope. Agreed. Tyler Wells at the White Sox. No, no, no. Johan Oviedo at the Cardinals. Uh, no. Michael Waka versus the Brewers. Yes. Yeah, I think that. I know one, you're fringy on that. I think we yeah. talked about him yesterday. You're a little fringy on that. I'm going to go with yes. Yeah, coming off that 10 strikeout performance. Eric Lauer on the other side at the Padres. No, no sir. Ah, revenge game. No, I wouldn't do it either. Uh, Marco Gonzalez versus the Rockies. Their first game away from Coors Field. God, we were dancing on this one yesterday. I'm going to say no. I'm going to go with my gut. Me and Towers agreed no. Yeah, I think that's probably the right answer. On Saturday, Domingo Herman versus the Twins. No. <laughs> Definitely not. I mean, that guy, he is lost right now. Anthony Descofani at the Tigers. I could do it. Hell yeah. Kyle Gibson, yeah. <laughs> Kyle Gibson at the White Sox. No. Michael Kopech versus the Orioles. Uh, no. Steven no. Matz versus the Pirates. Yes. Seth Lugo versus the Brewers. No. Carlos Carrasco at the A's. Ooh, your Carrasco shares are sweating, Frank. Oh. I'm going to say yes. This is a get right game. It has to be. If it's not, he absolutely is droppable in every format, except for NL only, which <laughs> I also have him in an NL only league, which I am in dead last in NL labor right now. And uh, I had Reese Hoskins go down before the season. And it's just, it's kind of just been an omen for my team. I also have Brandon Woodruff and. It's looking very bad right now. Mm. Uh, Ryan Nelson at the Marlins. Uh, I think. I think. Yeah. I'm, like, eh, I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm like a high pitch. Like, yeah, I think so. I like it. I think I would do it. Uh, Braxton Garrett versus the D-backs. No. Chris Bubich versus the Braves. <laughs> nah, no, I can't I'm not do it. doing it. <laughs> I, can't, nope. I can't do it either. But look, if he shoves in that start, then you know you really got something. Uh, Matt Strom at the Reds. Might surprise. Yes, he has looked really good through two starts here. I think he can continue it. So I'm going to go with yes on Strom. And Jamison Tyone at the Dodgers. No. Sunday, Matthew Boyd versus the Giants. Uh, no. Garrett Whitlock versus the Angels. I kind of want to say yes, but no. Zach Greinke versus the Braves. No. Nope. <laughs> Mitch Keller at the Cardinals. No. Wade Miley at the Padres. Nope. Drew Smiley at the Dodgers. Uh-uh. Andrew Heaney at the Astros, Sunday night baseball. No. All I mean, right. he'll have nine strikeouts in four innings, but he'll probably also have five earned runs. So. All right. So make sure you get your streamers in before Sunday because eh, not feeling too great about those. We're going to wrap there for the Welsh. I am Frank. Thanks as always for tuning into Fantasy Baseball today. Please make sure to follow and leave a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. We'll be back again next week. Bye-bye. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.